0: Hello and welcome welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. My name is Katrina Stroll. I am your host. I'm a certified career coach and HR consultant, but I created this space because so many professionals out there have difficulty setting boundaries. And we're going to dive into the why, how, and why it's important to do so. I always start my episodes by defining some words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. An example of a boundary would be, hey, could you not stand that close to me at my desk? I don't like you being that close. Don't have to explain, that's the boundary. Gaslighting to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if you visit a career coach or career advisor and you tell them, this is a career path I'm really looking into moving forward in, and they say something like, well, you're so beautiful. Have you thought about maybe dreaming smaller or going this path with more artistic ability? That's gaslighting. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. For instance, if you hear the phrase from leadership teams about, temp workers or contractors, and them just saying, oh, they're not worth the time or they're not worth these efforts or benefits. That's dismissive specifically of those people as human beings, but we'll get into that. Today's episode is entitled Fostered Boundaries. And I will let y'all know right now, I'm excited and terrified about this episode, but we'll get into why. My special guest today is Diana Cerullo. Dai got into the field of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging because she was angry. Dai grew up in foster care as a ward of the state of Massachusetts, being told one thing about our values, but seeing an entirely different story when it came to how to deal with systemic inequity. We say we care, but how often do we hear about kids in foster care, really? Oh no. That invisibleness silences people. It makes our experiences not valid or valued. The older die God, the more people she found identifying with the invisible. Oh no, invisibleness here, but not whole. Quietly trying to assimilate to the dominant culture but always unable to do so without trading away pieces. Oh, no, piece of themselves. This is the fight that drives her today. Die, I'm finna. Okay. <laughs> While obtaining a degree in DEI, specifically gender, race, and class studies at Georgia State in Atlanta, she rose quickly as a leader to her peers. She organized educational opportunities, speaking engagements, and social justice-based for others to grow and self-educate in, including a luncheon with Dr. Jane Goodall. Woo! Guy completed internships for the Atlanta Child Advocacy Center as an advocate for transitioning youth from foster care to adulthood and the Statewide Independent Living Council as a researcher for inclusion in the differently abled community. After graduation, she worked for big names in biotech, including Dana Farber, Cancer Institute, the Broad Institute, Harvard Medical School, and others as a people ops facilitator. In 2016, she started her own consulting practice, and since then has worked to educate leaders and allies on inclusion in the big name tech and biotech spaces, including those at top Fortune 500 companies. Di is currently the head of inclusion for Jam BV in jam oh jam sorry in houston oh sorry in boston a tech company working in the nft blockchain space with amazing celebrity contributors and they are hiring engineers that love inclusive teams oh my gosh thank you so much for joining to me joining me today i'm going to mute myself so you can share with the audience why you're so excited to be here today
1: well, Katrina, thank you so much for having me. I am so, so sorry. I knew we were gonna have a hard time with this one together, so I apologize. I would have made it a much easier bio if I had known. Um, so everyone, I'm Dice Rullo. I am the head of inclusion for JAM in Boston. I am also a graduate of the Massachusetts foster care system. Graduate is a euphemism. We do say that as a joke but I did come up in the Massachusetts foster care system before becoming homeless um, after aging out. I moved across the country to Atlanta with basically a laundry basket with all of my stuff in it and then sort of um, you know, got an apartment for the first time and started getting better. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to y'all today about my foster care experience and um, sort of how that translates into my work life and how that um, might be impactful for people who need to um, see someone like them to to be that so that's that's why i'm here today
0: and i, I just want to apologize off the of that for the tears Last that all. are going to come in this please
1: episode please let them out <laughs> let's go through it together like i mean this is these are our scabs together so let's let's do it together
0: um and diana says these are our scabs together because her and i both um grew up in the foster care system and so um, I don't talk about my experience in the system very much, and so it literally feels like my heart is being ripped to shreds right now. But who gives a shit? Let's dive into it.
1: <laughs> I personally give a shit. <laughs> Just to be clear, I personally give a shit a lot.
0: All right, Great. let's talk about uh, it. Um, could you kind of describe what a boundary means to you?
1: yeah so a boundary what a boundary means to me is my ability to come into a space that might not be for me and start sort of assigning where my space will be so my boundaries when i go into spaces and sort of set them for myself are usually around safety and the things that people are allowed to ask me about and the things that people are allowed to sort of question me about i love questions i just Questioning specifically, I am—I am not here for. So, like, my boundaries. I'm—I'm I'm, now that I'm 35, I'm very good at setting, but very terrible at following. But, um, you know, because I'm—I'm I'm in a space that I care so so much about that I don't always think of myself first. So, uh, yeah, boundaries.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, it, I love this question because it always kicks off a new definition of boundaries that I've never oh heard God. before. Yeah, Uh, your definition of assigning my space so often in my life and my childhood included because I'm never going to get into that. um, I did not have a space. I didn't even have the voice to assign the space. Oh, no, I didn't even have the voice to assign the space. So uh, that's so important that we remember as adults, we have that voice to assign that space. Um, That's right. You stated that you don't have difficulty setting boundaries now. Have you ever had difficulty setting boundaries?
1: Absolutely. Always. So as a child, I mean, absolutely always. As a child, I would say when I tried to set boundaries because of the system that I was in, which is the foster care system, largely we want to believe that it's a good system and there are good people in it. And there are, but there are also people who maybe shouldn't be there. So for my experience, I had a lot of people sort of push back on me whenever I would set boundaries and make it really, really difficult to um, for me to set boundaries with them in the future. And you sort of have that gaslight. Well, I guess I'm just a terrible mother then and and they do it's abusive it's on purpose it's to say um, you know I don't I want to make this as hard for you as possible so you don't try this with me again so so that is how that sort of carried forward into my life and the thing that's important for me today is to be able to talk about that and have the vocabulary to talk about that and have this conversation with other people and sort of share that vocabulary and share that space um, as terrifying as it is for me and as gross as I feel whenever I do it and as naked out in public as I feel whenever I do it, I still have to do it because a lot of these spaces weren't made for us. They aren't made for us to exist in them safely. So in order for me to do that, I have to talk about it and I have to you know or i have to accept an inordinate amount of stuff that i have to like fill the gap between and it puts me in my bed at four in the afternoon people are like oh my gosh you're so funny and da, da, da. it's like oh my god you know how i'm tired i am by the time it's like 3 p.m this is at 10 in the morning so that i can have this conversation with y'all you know so yeah it's ex- it feels exhausting it's incredibly taxing to be in a space that isn't made for you and 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 sort of as as foster kids as as BIPOC folks. We, over and over and over again. So, I mean, it's just it's just part of the fabric,
0: yeah. you know? Um, <clears throat> so many times in, <laughs> in your answer, I wanted to cry, but um, specifically in the gaslighting performed by your foster mother, mm-hmm. um, that's an example that we see on a daily basis, even in our careers, even if, those people exist out in the world. So it's really right. important Just as you stated to have the vocabulary, you need to call it out. Hey, you're crossing my boundary. Hey, you're Mm -hmm. gaslighting me. Hey, that's Mm -hmm. abuse. Stop. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And people, people who are practiced at this will push back on you. So you need to be, you need to be solid in yourself and know where you come from, you know. And and that can be really hard for kids who grew up in foster care because we don't have those roots to be able to push back on. We don't have those communities that we can that we can fall into. So we kind of have to create our own here. Um, Katrina is the first person like me I've ever met, and that was so. I'm sorry, again, that was so life-affirming for me because I was able to see someone else out in the world and not feel like an alien for one of the first times in my life. So I just, I really appreciate how hard this is for you and you being willing to do it with me anyway. Fuck.
0: Um, Again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's making me cry right now is, um, just identifying where that need for belonging starts, especially for foster kids is uh, we did not have those roots. We did not have that community. We did not have that network available to us because we were thrown into spaces where it just wasn't tangible. It did not exist. And it it wasn't being created for us in like a normal family. Like if they would create it for us. Um, right.
1: Our cultures aren't necessarily passed through us in the same way. So a lot of us have this weird identity where we need to play catch up to get back to who we are ourselves. Because I thought the goal for me was to try to be as invisible and as white as possible. So every time I would go through this process where like, I can't look that way, those clothes don't fit me, that hair doesn't work for me, I can't look like Meg Ryan. All of those things that were happening for me were happening alone because everybody else could. So. I mean, largely, that's something that I'm still dealing with today. I see, you know, you still see that I, 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 you know, straighten my hair out. I'm not quite there yet. I'm learning about sort of myself and my identity every single day and what that means. And I have to do that out in a very public way. So I need to be finding out about my identity in front of people because of the line of work I'm in. So it's, it's a very... Um, it's a very nakeding experience, which is what we're doing right now—being naked out in the world and letting people see us. So, I mean, that's how it feels every day. That's how it feels. So, oh. I'll oh. sip some water too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I thank you so much for sharing everything about your experiences with us. And um, one of the things that's making me. I mean, everything is making me cry at this point, but um, I appreciate so much you sharing that you're continuing to grow in this. This is something that's, that has not stopped. You're just gonna continue to grow. And to anyone listening out there, please have that perspective moving forward. Whether you're a foster kid or whether you're just somebody who's listening to this because shit, I have difficulty setting boundaries. I just realized that today.
1: Yeah, or if you want to be an ally to myself or Katrina or any other foster kid or any other kid, you need to understand that system and be able to understand what's happening within it to help break it down. Like every other system that we are trying to unmake in the DEIB space, this is one of them. This is the original, the system. Kids are in the system. There's a reason why we call it that. And yet I have never too ever in my life heard a politician get up on that mic and say, we're gonna talk about foster care. And why is that? Why is that? You know why that is? you know what? I'm not gonna say why that is, but there's reasons why that is.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so you, you shared with us the reasons why you may have difficulty setting boundaries. I share the same reasons and background. Yeah. Um, could you kind of go into why other people who haven't even been in the foster care system may have difficulty setting boundaries?
1: It's because foster kids are the original trauma. So they've got like those madre wounds, like those mother wounds. But that's not to say that everybody else hasn't experienced some level of trauma. And as human beings, we respond to trauma in largely the same ways. So if you are having that experience where you are unable to maintain your boundaries, or you are having that experience where you're like, "Ooh, did she just gaslight me? And you're unable to sort of call her out in that moment, sit with yourself, start reflecting on why you aren't willing to hold space for yourself. Start reflecting on what that might mean for you and and, and where you should go next. I recommend therapy. I'm a big fan of therapy. I mean, culturally, <laughs> culturally, I know that we aren't always big fans of therapy, but get in therapy because if you're gonna lead on any level, you need to be owning your shit. So otherwise you will bleed on people who did not cut you, 100%,
0: all right. 100%. Um- So I think, of, especially in light of current, I don't know, the trending thing right now is DEIB and um, Mm -hmm. creating spaces for other people to be in. But what I love about what you just said is holding space for yourself. When you're going into those organizations who you're not sure where they stand on the spectrum of DEIB.
1: Hold that hold that space for yourself. That's right. You are an island. That's right. You are an island that's right. Oh, see, that's right. It was Amazing.
0: I, I love having this conversation because although my heart is ripped to shreds right now, it's also being sewn back together by all of the affirmations I have ever needed in my entire life. So thank you
1: so much. I'm so glad because like 30 years of therapy, this is what this is. This is what that <laughs> looked like. You have all these great motivational things to say to other people. Like it's not me, it's therapy. It's therapy. <laughs>
0: Just so you know, it is definitely her. She's an amazing human <laughs> being. But and I'm sure therapy has helped her along the way. But to implement and to put in the work and to come out here and talk about your story, it is all you, Diana. And I oh, appreciate you.
1: I appreciate that. I
0: appreciate that. <laughs> um, so in setting boundaries, we have come with or in growing up in foster care, we've come with a bunch of wounds. We have come with a bunch of inabilities to kind of process things. Um healthy let's say healthy we've been able to set healthy boundaries in our lives um what was the first step that made you realize oh crap I need healthy boundaries
1: you know what I'll be real honest with you and I sort of I share this story a lot but I was in Atlanta at the time and I was driving down the road and there's this show in Atlanta called the Burt Show and it's this big like everybody knows it. everybody listens to it on the radio this guy bert weiss runs the show and he's amazing at like sort of that later on the Bert show and everybody's driving to work right so it's like 45 minutes of road because atlanta has like just some of the worst traffic like second to la right so here's the deal i'm listening to this show and this guy is talking about for the first time how he had a terrible relationship with his mother, with his birth mother, and just like all the damage that had done to him and sort of how therapy had sort of kind of nudged him back in his lane and caused him to reflect on the fact that perhaps he wasn't to blame so much as maybe his mother wasn't able to give love, right? And, And that, I sat there for a second, just pulled over on the side of the road, like, whoa. And then Tyler Perry, the actual Tyler Perry, who lives in Atlanta also, apparently is a fan of the Burt Show, calls in and like Burt just gives them the mic. And Tyler Perry is like, y'all don't let people take up space in your brain rent free. They aren't going to bed at night thinking about you. You don't need to be going to bed at night, you know, holding on for them. You know, they're not gonna come around and apologize to you. You need to let that shit go, right? in only the way that Tyler Perry can. So I sat in my car and cried for like the next hour. And it just felt to me like I had been nudged back into my lane. Like see, die. other people did this and they can go and be awesome. You can go, I mean, I don't think I can go be Tyler Perry but you can go aspire to Tyler Perry, right? Like for the first time. And that for me was like, you are worthy. You are valuable defend that space. And now that I have kids, even more so, even more so than ever I was before. So I have a terrible time holding boundaries, but then I kind of try to remember who I am, you know? And then I'm like, I gave birth to two kids. I am living in a pandemic with them right now. Don't question me. All right, <laughs> don't, don't come this way. That's not what you want. I am looking for that opportunity. So like, I wish you wouldn't, you know, like, because. Uh, you know, you anyway. know, <laughs> so that's, oh my gosh, I that went off a the tangent there, but you know,
0: oh, that's amazing. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's literally just that example that, hey, this is possible. We are so as humans afraid that this is not a possible thing. If I set boundaries, my life will be in shambles. Girl, your life is already in shambles. (laughs) Oh my God,
1: what what could get worse? How about that? What could get worse by you not driving your own car still? People always see you how they see you and they will always view you as the version of yourself that they had the most power over. So that's not about you that's about them and them viewing you that way. So people see people the way that they see them. That has nothing to do with you. You need to stop making that about yourself is what I would say to that.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, when you were describing like, Hey, that had not a lot to do with me. I had to reflect on, um, who to give this blame to like who to give these messages to. Um, Mm -hmm. it made me really think about a lot of my teenage years, teenage angst, yeah. yeah, but, um, same. I, <laughs> I, right? I, I was
1: full I, emo back then, right? yes,
0: <laughs> um, I was so, I hated CPS, oh my gosh, I'm mm-hmm. kidding, so like, much. I, I was just like, how are you guys so awful, like, fix your fucking system, um, what's wrong with you guys, how could you not see this abuse sooner, and I just, I was placing a lot of blame on them, I think, but, um, yeah as I reflected and started to realize, but I also placed a lot of blame on myself. Like maybe I should have did this differently. I should, I don't know. but <laughs> I really had to look into myself and be like, girl, you were a whole baby, like a child.
1: A whole baby. We view, that's another thing. So we view ourselves as tiny people, not as children. So oh. I never felt like a child. I feel like a 65 year old woman right now. Like people are like, you know, my favorite thing is Be Arthur. Like, you know, I feel like an old lady now because I was never a child that way. I was a small adult human making those decisions in that way with a brain that wasn't all the way grown yet. So, or even starting to grow, like all of that blame we assign to ourselves, all of the things that you out in the world as people who aren't part of foster care All of the things that we just kind of accept for those kids in some sort of, oh, maybe they had something to do with it, you know, self-talk. Like, I mean, all of that shit is part of this system. I mean, all of that. Look at us. We're people. We're we're children. I mean, how can you think that? How can you... It's just another one of those, it's another one of those things that, that are built into the system for you to not look at it. Don't look under there. That's where all of our, that's where all of our stuff is, you know? So.
0: Oh my gosh. And for any leaders in organizations that are made, possibly listening to this, I need you to realize that there are Dianas and Katrinas in your organization today. That's
1: absolutely right. Um, today.
0: In every single organization. That's-
1: Absolutely Um, right. 500,000 kids in foster care at any given time. Half a million kids in foster care any day of the week. Worse with the pandemic. Overrepresented in foster care, BIPOC. 100%. Like, So white children are only 40 to 45% of the kids that are in foster care. Everything else is everybody else. So why are BIPOC children overrepresented in foster care? Why do they stay the longest in foster care? Why are they being removed from their homes? Why are they, there's a million things that are tied directly in with racism that I could go through today, but I want everybody else to start looking into this stuff and join us in this conversation for the first time. You know, i want to call off on a tangent here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I just, you know. I just need to- Marching
1: down the road as usual.
0: (laughs) That invisibleness that, um, yeah. stated so eloquently is um, is real. We are not out there um, wearing sweatshirts that say, I was, I grew up in foster care. Um,
1: um, I mean, mine says all of us or none of us, but
0: says, let's clear. <laughs> but um, I need you all to realize that people, the diversity aspect of your organization goes a lot deeper than you may think. Um, there's people who are foster cares. I have mental health conditions, of, partly because of my time in foster care. No doubt. Um, so yeah, they're so diverse, but um, yeah, that's good. Depression,
1: it. anxiety, <laughs> self-doubt. Like I could, I will make you a list just on and on with the trash that we have to deal with quietly by ourselves because this here is the professional line where everybody else can be, but we can't, right? So we can't let that stuff go. We can't ignore it because it's stuff that's affecting our mental health. Right. So it's I would just love it if leaders had just more understanding about what it means to be best. Right. So the the what would have helped me back in the day, I graduated from college with this degree, three percent of foster kids graduate from college. And I still hadn't made it far enough for some people to be willing to interview me at their places of employment. Like they had recruiters going out to Ivy League schools and I couldn't get those interviews because I couldn't network my way to them. So when people talk about, oh, if you can do it, anyone can do it. I want you to realize that it's exactly the opposite of that. Like if you look at my face, look what I had to look like to be here. Look what I have to be like to be here, to be able to have this voice and be having this conversation with you for the first time. Everybody who doesn't look like me didn't make it. That's what I'm trying. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. It's so crucial that we look at me and Katrina and the one third of us who made it out and say, "How do we support you? What are the issues? Where are you? How are you feeling about this? What other identities are intersecting for you right now that are making your life hard? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you drinking water? All of the just be a human. <laughs> just be a human. I- look at <laughs> you know." <laughs>
0: Just that. Oh my gosh. And, and <clears throat> the ability for even us to say we made it out. We we didn't actually, you know what oh, I mean? I'm we didn't anywhere. actually <laughs> make <laughs> it out. We just um we're still those foster kids, we're still we're growing still our people. That's right. And we're yes. just being a lot louder about it and where we came from. Um and I think we also need to understand that that's a privilege that um Diana and I don't have, we don't get to say like, oh yeah, back at my house family or whatever you know how people have those conversations at work every single day and those are boundaries i have set in place for myself without even knowing i just yeah. didn't have the, i would run away from those conversations like yeah. oh crap they're talking about childhood goodbye
1: mm, because people want to talk to you about it like people want to like yeah yeah people want to like get in your face about your business real fast like i had a guy all the time who was like oh i'm just gonna pray for you and your mother to get back together and i was like why don't you pray for world peace or something that matters like that's not good for me. That's not healthy. Like it's not healthy for me to get back in with my mother. But, you know, people think they know and it's tough, like holidays, all of that stuff. All of my life have been terrible. I've always been the first person to volunteer to work holidays, all of those things, all the way up because I never had anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. So um, now that I have my own children, I mean, I'm obsessed. I've got family photos all over my walls, like wallpaper, because I never had family photos before. You would think like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but like I've got every six months tracked in family photos on my walls now, like that's. It's stupid stuff. It's the stuff that you don't see. It's largely invisible to you. But the space, like the gap between the, you know, where Katrina and I are and where we have to show up is so much, so, so much and so exhausting. And we're so, and we're both in DEIB. So we don't even just have to like hold space for ourselves and show up for ourselves. We largely have to fight for the human rights of everybody around us. Like, woo, right? Like, I mean, you should see my desk, like it's just amazing. Yeah. And
0: yeah. I think in that, um, I wrote down the gap. In that gap is where we're able to advocate for ourselves, just the Diana, Katrina, not the voices of foster kids around the world, right.
1: but um, yes.
0: set boundaries and make sure, hey, I have actually exasperated myself this week. I cannot talk about this topic today. Or, um, hey, could we set? could we actually reschedule? I'm not feeling myself today. And we just need to, once again, self-reflect and realize, hey, your background came with a lot of baggage and we, that we take that baggage with us. Right. Um, and right. so we and have- it doesn't
1: mean we're not professional right. and it doesn't mean we're not great at our jobs. We are, I am the best at my job because I have been sitting on the outside of humanity, watching it from the outside for all of my life. Right. So like, my identity is as a singular I used to tell people I was born in the cabbage patch as a joke because I didn't want to talk about my family, right? So like there are so many examples of this, right? But we are awesome. We are great at our jobs. Look at what we had to overcome to be here. Are you kidding me? You don't want to hire me or Katrina? <laughs> that's 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 not even you like, you know, you're missing the best because you have this certain idea of what best looks like, right? we are what best looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. All right,
1: that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so in this growth of being able to set boundaries in a professional setting, or even in your personal life, what were some of your go-to phrases on setting boundaries? Or what are some of your go-to phrases?
1: So two things. I would say there are sort of my external boundaries that I say out to the world. And then there are my internal boundaries to sort of correct any negative self-talk that I'm having. And I'm gonna have to cuss for the second one. So remind me, and I apologize for that. But the first one, I will often say, oh my God, like, does this meeting have to happen today? I am literally exhausted. And sometimes I'll lean in on my kids more too, to be like, because you know, like 3 million women left the workforce. So sometimes i will be like, I got these kids and I am tired y'all. And people are so amazed that I still show up for work every day that they just give me that space. That wasn't always the case, but you know, now, now it is, and I'm leaning on that hard with you know 2020 and the pandemic. But in regards to that sort of negative self-talk, which is the thing that's the most crippling for me, is that internal stuff. Um, when you know the voice, the voice in my head. If you don't have one, I heard recently that some people don't have an internal dialogue, and it blew my mind. Um, I have sort of that negative self-talk, like, ooh, you know, it's maybe that too big for you, or oh, do you really? You know, I wrote a book. Oh, do you think that people really want to hear that from you? Do you think they did it and some so there's this joke. If you don't know, watch Frankie, uh, Grace and Frankie or whatever it is, where. Um, oh, you know what it might be. I just lied to you. It was actually on Newsweek, but it doesn't matter because, you know, our favorite uh, Jane Fonda tells this joke. And she goes through about this joke. And at the very end, the punchline is, do you want to play golf or do you want to fuck around? And that's what I say to myself when I start getting that negative self-talk where I'll just be like, we got to get through this. You want to play golf or you want to fuck around? You know, like that's how I'll, and, and everybody has to have their own thing, but I love Jane Fonda. So my thing is Jane Fonda's voice in my head. So, so everybody has their thing, but I have to sort of um, deal with that anxiety and that depression and that stuff that hangs on to us that most of us don't survive. So that's how I deal with it, by cussing and laughing and drinking too much coffee, I guess I would say. Oh um, and medication and therapy, let me just be clear. <laughs> like, okay. And therapy, not yes. just coffee and water and promises.
0: Oh my god! Um, um, so for your external boundaries, I love that it's once again a collaborative effort. Does this have to happen today? Um, right it's it it is still a boundary you're letting that other person know hey I do not feel 100% today I can I I can Mm. do this but you'll get like 13%
1: also our 100% is so much higher than everybody else's 100% that I can probably show up at 50% and you're just thinking like maybe I'm talking a little less that day so also that (laughs) somebody reminded me (laughs) of that yesterday too and I was kind of like a valuable point. I mean, I gave a talk recently. I was like, Oh, I don't know if that went 100%. And so, my best friend, who's my work wife, my friend Brandon, she was like, Although you need to remember that your 100% is like everybody else's 200%, so you're probably fine. Everybody probably still loved it. So, something important to remember in case you got that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Same. But, right. um, your right? internal do you want to play golf or do you want to fuck around? I think that's all so much time management in one question um, it really um, is yeah it what really time is. is it right now what time yeah. is it time to play golf is it time to fuck around is it time yeah. to go cry in the corner time to
1: yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> and sometimes it is time to go lay down in bed you should see my bed like I have an adjustable bed for like the way old people do I have like the back props up the leg props up and then I just sit there and watch garbage television like self-care is like so I have my self-care is almost ritualistic in nature sometimes, because like, that's how it's gotten. I have to be taking care of myself or I will just drown. And unfortunately I've been taught how to drown quietly by by this system. And that's kind of what they ask of us in general. Like anytime I ever had said, I'm suffering with this. I don't know if I can do this. It was either that, that gaslighting or that dismissiveness or that, you know, oh, you know that people do. So for me, it's crucially important that I check in with myself because people aren't going to do that for you. Um, Anyway, sorry to keep doing that (laughs) again.
0: No, um, oh my gosh, my heart is being ripped. It's already ripped it, but um, the drown quietly part. For anybody out there who is drowning right now, do it loud as fuck. Do like it this. loud
1: as fuck. Like if you're out there dealing with system, like systemic inequity, loudly, because that's something that they want. That's what that system was designed for, was for quiet, you know, to drown quietly. And unfortunately I can't think of a better way to put it, but that invisibleness, that's what that causes. Oh
0: gosh, to drown quiet, so often I get um, messages, honestly, from people that look exactly like me and they're, they ask me, why are you talking about this so often? Is there a reason why you're doing this? And it's just, and I feel bad for them because I'm just like, wow, um, do you want me to drown quietly? You just want all yes. of this to just fade away. Yes,
1: do. Think about how that, how, how Colin Kaepernick kneeling in protest. How did that go? Everybody hated that. There's just, I mean, right? And now it's like the Black Lives Matter movement and, and sort of all of those protests and people are just like, oh, well, you know, uh, that isn't right. That's not the way to protest. I'm like, there was already a quiet protest going on and you were pissed about that. So is it really that? Or are you just pissed off that you have to pay attention? Which thing is it? Like, Because right. it kind of feels like you wanted somebody to drown quietly and they're not anymore. And the only oppression you've ever faced is having to have been ha- having your privilege brought to your attention for the first time. Like, don't feel guilt at that. Shake it off and help us get there. We don't care about your guilt. We don't care about you beating yourself up. I want you to join me. I want you to help me. I want you to say, F it, here we go. We're going forward. You know, That's what I need. That's what I need in allies, are people who can self-educate and help me move the bar forward. I don't need crying. I don't need, you know, not you specific. You know what I mean, though. Like I don't need my tears. I need I need help. I need help. I need I need support. I need um, connections. I need people. You know, reaching out to folks. That's what I need. Sponsorship. Right. Anyway.
0: Yes. Sponsorship.
1: Sponsorship (laughs) over mentorship. Yes. (laughs) Women and BIPOC specifically over mentored, under sponsored. That's what I want. I want to be sponsored. I want you to say my name when I'm not in the room. I want to be getting ahead when I deserve to be getting ahead. That's what I care about now, you know? So. Oh,
0: Diana, you have shared so much insight with me today. And I know that everybody listening is going to be like, holy crap, I need to reach out to this woman. (laughs) This new. Please
1: do. do. Oh my God, let's talk about it. <laughs> right. My prices are on my website, dicerulo.com, right there. <laughs> Frequently asked questions. For all the young
0: professionals moving forward in their career, whether they grew up in foster home or specifically to those who grew up in foster home, um, what are the top three tips to help them move into their career field?
1: So, first of all, I would say I want you to get on LinkedIn and start networking. I want you to network. I want you to comment on things that are being written by people in the space that you want to be in. When you've done that for a little while, I want you reaching out to those folks and say, hey, I would love it if we could get a coffee or a virtual coffee or any of those things. I want you advocating for yourself because that is the thing that we don't get. We don't get access to a network or a community that we would grow into naturally, and we don't have advocates. So I want you to self-advocate and I want you to know about networks that are going to help you get jobs in the future. That is crucially important. So those two things specifically. Then I want you to figure out how to ask for help. I want you to go inside yourself, start feeling around, start putting stuff away, start dealing with your shit and figure out how to ask for help. Because you just being there as quietly as the kid who got through foster care, nobody wants you to suffer in silence. You don't need to do that shit anymore. Start talking to people, start asking questions, start showing up authentically and just be shocked at who reaches back. Like Katrina reached back out to me. I mean, just, Please take care of yourselves and stop doing this. Can we all stop pretending for, for once? I mean, here we are 2021. Let's be real with each other, please. That's what I would say. And don't make yourself smaller to be more palatable for other people. Ooh, God, I get so mad. Don't put yourself in boxes that don't fit you and try to make yourself smaller to be more accessible for other people. That is nonsense and let that go. That's four things, but seriously, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with that.
0: Figure out how to ask for help. Um, So I did not start this journey of self-reflection until I decided to take my own life. Um, And by then, um, whoever is listening, oh my gosh, whoever is listening out there, it is too late. I'm telling you right now, it is too late by the time you decide this is it to ask for help. Ask for help every single day. When you come to a small roadblock or a big roadblock or a medium-sized roadblock, ask for help. Hey, I... I'm thinking about getting on social media and networking. Reach out to somebody, the, the random person that's, they have it in their headlines. It says um, social media expert or da, 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 da. Just right. ask Reach
1: them. out to me. Reach out to me. <laughs> <Dive> <laughs> rubo. Reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. I want to talk about something real quick since you brought it up and I don't want to step on you. I'm not going to answer any questions about it. I'm not going to ask you questions about it. Here's what it is. When I was a teenager, I was very serious about suicide because I did not see my life getting better. I didn't see that I had any opportunity for advancement. And I thought this was as far as I was going to go in this trash. I was listening to the radio that night and somebody randomly came on the radio and said, I want you to know that suicide can wait until tomorrow. And it felt like the universe speaking to me directly. So I want to pass that on to you or anybody else that's listening. It can always wait till tomorrow. Be lazy about it. You know, reach out to someone instead. Reach out to me specifically instead. I have resources like crazy. Please let me help. Please let me. Please, please ask. Don't drown quietly. Okay. All right.
0: Um, for anyone out there listening, I I hope the CEO of every single company on the planet is listening right now. But um, do not one let your employees drown quietly and employees do not drown quietly I don't care if it's up if, if it's your paycheck or your timesheet or your sick sa- your safety um you don't have the right supplies to do the job that you're working on do not drown quietly bring it to the attention of somebody somewhere yes
1: please oh my god yes please that oh my
0: gosh and that 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 is what boundaries are about is just not drowning quietly oh my gosh my life <laughs>
1: i'm trying to like keep good light but i can't figure out a good way to do it you know like so try to be quiet i'm just like
0: oh thank you so much for everything you have shared with me today um I think I've cried enough on your screen. Oh, stop.
1: Um, (laughs) Any day, any day that you wanna jump on and do this, I'm happy to chat with you about it. Like this is kind of, this is a series of conversations obviously that like need to be had in workplaces and worldwide as we continue to sort of have these DEIB and these inclusion conversations, who are we thinking about including? So if you wanna keep talking about this, I'll keep talking about this. I love
0: this talk, so oh. Thank you so much for everything. This has been Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My special guest today was the amazing Diana Cerullo. And please reach out to her if you have difficulty setting boundaries, if you need help in creating an equitable workspace, or if you just need to talk about the difficulties that foster graduates have come through and are still going through. Um, I cannot... Thank you enough for just bringing me out. Oh my gosh, I can't even say this. Bringing me out from a place that I was just upholding the system. I was just—if I don't talk about it, if I'm just invisible, if I just um, continue to appear as if I belong here. Fuck you guys. I really don't belong here, Diana. And I yeah, were so I know. Here.
1: I know, but we can keep, if people keep making a little bit of room for us, we can keep, you know, we can keep advancing. And I think that that's, that's what matters. We can keep having these conversations and start expanding access to workplaces. And um, I think that's important.
0: So very important. Thank you so much for listening today. And we hope to talk to you again next time.
1: Bye. Absolutely. Bye.